coming up, a recent prime ministerial populist thought bubble has declared Australian automotive sector on track for zero emissions by 2050, according to one grubby lobby group. In other news, Santa to go fat-free by Christmas. Hot buns announce zero cross-tolerance policy this Easter. Nighttime to eliminate darkness by 7pm. And Satan himself has signed off on a landmark new low-sulfur standard for hell. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously, or you can just click the card that's up there now. In today's report, though, the Schittsville car industry's grubby little anti-consumer lobby group in... has outdone itself this time, I think. Upliftingly, automotive sector already on a path to zero emissions in 2050. Sorry to be so blunt, lobby dudes, but that's just bullshit. It's epic, intelligence-insulting bullshit headlining a press release from the Federal Chamber of Automotive Industries <laughs> last Tuesday. Pro tip, okay? There's about 1,000 kilos of steel in an average car. It takes about 600 kilos of coke, and not the kind of coke one might occasionally ingest off the booty of a Ming mole during an uplifting monthly sales meeting to make 1,000 kilos of steel. The coke I'm talking about is a consequence of burning 750-ish kilos of coal. And this is, of course, what you must do to make 600 kilos of metallurgical coke to make 1,000 kilos of steel to make one car, even an electric car. So it depends on the coal, but the CO2 to coal ratio is typically about two for one by weight. So it's about 1,500 kilos of CO2 just to make the coke to make 1,000 kilos of steel to make one car. This does not include the various manufacturing processes, obviously, and all the other ingredients in a car, and shipping a million or so cars here on ships powered by heavy fuel oil. It's just to make the raw steel to make one car. This is why humanity cannot consume its way to a solution to the CO2 problem. This is a real concern, of course, if you sell products and you want to greenwash them, which is, of course, why they invented lobbyists. And not to labour the point here, but if you make a car out of aluminium or even aluminium, like those environmental vandals at Audi, spruiking its recyclability like disingenuous assholes, or even if you make a car largely out of aluminium, aluminium parts, like electric Jesus. The pro tip there is that every thousand kilos of aluminium intrinsically involves the emission of about 10,400 kilos of CO2. Uh, let's call it 10 for 1, you know, kilos of CO2 per kilo of aluminium in every new car. 
This ratio is the same, roughly, irrespective of whether you make a shiny new aluminium shitbox from recycled Coke cans or something, or from virgin bauxite, inconveniently. Recycling doesn't really save you any CO2 when it comes to aluminium. So, against this inconvenient backdrop of... Uh, facts, how exactly are we going to justify the allegation of zero emissions in just 30 years down friggin' under? The direction being proposed by the Prime Minister is an important signal that Australia is joining the rest of the world in setting a time frame on the elimination of carbon emissions. Ah, I see. So basically it's a lobby group Prime Ministerial Suck peace. That explains rather a lot. Tony Webber there, of course, boss of the anti-consumer lobby mob. <coughs> now, if you're not from around here, the Australian Prime Minister is a dude named Scott Morrison. A coal industry humping Pentecostal worshipper and former marketing dude more or less, although he still is a marketing dude and his main mission, of course, is to market Scott Morrison. Pentecostals, right, they basically believe, insofar as I can tell, that the fate of humanity sort of hinges on this epic battle between Jesus and Satan and not so much on the burning of fossil fuels. And Pentecostalism, again, insofar as I can tell, was more or less just made up in about... 1900. Satan versus Jesus, of course. Quite compelling as stories go, and speaking in tongues. So novel and endlessly entertaining. Jesus, of course, is the ultimate winner in this epic fight for the title, you know, and it's fixed like so many other bouts, and everyone knows it. I don't frankly know why Satan even bothers. The deck is so stacked against him. Nobody ever bets the farm on Satan. Not in Missouri, anyway. But despite all of this certainty in the minds of some, I'm just not that confident in the pri-ministerial ability to plan for the future when he sees the future for mankind being a consequence of Jesus more or less spitting on Satan's grave and then grabbing a trowel and some bricks and remaking heaven and earth. Pro tip. You cannot be Pentecostal and not believe this stuff. It's an intrinsic part of the deal, all right? And you are not allowed to believe in anything else, which is kind of the point of being one of those dudes. You're, of course, free to believe in whatever you want. I'm just saying that this might be an impediment to dealing with a bona fide, scientifically confirmed climate emergency. Anyway, Pentecostal Six said recently at the National Press Club that he hoped to reach zero net emissions for Australia by 2050, and that doing so would depend on science and technology, <laughs> which does seem somewhat at odds with just letting Jesus figure all of this out somewhat later. I don't know how these two conflicting points of view are to be reconciled in the pri-ministerial mind. Rather than prescribing one technology over another, we should continue to encourage buyers to make informed decisions and let the market drive the uptake of new and emerging technologies. Mr Weber there, again, doing what lobbyists appear to do best. 
But I would also humbly suggest that a thought bubble from Pentecostal 6 at the National Press Club is hardly the same thing as a detailed national plan locked in place by legislation. And we do currently emit about 500 million tonnes of CO2 annually here in Schittsville, which is hardly a trivial amount. We are so good at that per capita. Plus, we double that effectively. <laughs> it's that can-do attitude by exporting a shit ton of coal to be burned elsewhere in the world, often in third world countries. A billion tonnes of CO2 in total from Australia, just burnt here and there. Coal is absolutely an earner for us as well nationally. Coal is in fact Schittsville's number two export and it's worth about 60 billion bucks a year. Granted, they're Schittsvillian micro-pesos, but still a tidy sum, putting it just behind iron ore on pole position as number one earner. And that, frankly, is a photo finish, isn't it? You know, first for iron ore and second for coal. Yes, right. And I ask you, therefore, would it not just be simpler to let Jesus figure this all out, you know, sometime down the track? Just a suggestion. But perhaps Mr. Weber can do today what the Son of God has vaguely sort of promised to do for us in the end times. The FCAI CO2 emission standard aligns with manufacturers' traditional position of bringing the best possible products with the latest safety and drivetrain technologies to the Australian market. To state the obvious, that's barely English dudes from a syntactical point of view and Drivetrain is one word. The joint really has gone to shit since Lenore pissed off to run that valet parking operation in Mascot. Just saying. More to the point, though, this FCAI emission standard is a bullshit and entirely optional amalgamation of borderline fluff the main purpose of which, insofar as I can tell, is to hump Toyota's leg like a dog that just ate your grandfather's secret stash of Viagra. The, I'm paraphrasing, bullshit CO2 initiative aims to provide certainty to manufacturers to enable them to confidently plan future product for the Australian market. To confidently plan. Jesus. The verb is to plan. Confidently to plan, to plan confidently. Both of these are okay. But to confidently plan? Not okay, dude. Don't split them. An infinitive. That's been independently verified by the chat. Yes. Hashtag respect. I'm not gay, but just saying. He's the only man on earth, the chat, and okay, he doesn't spend all of his time here, but I'm sure you get my point. The only dude with the infinitive splitting imprimatur to boldly go anywhere. So if Jesus goes off the reservation and loses by TKO to Satan in the end times, you know, late in the 12th or something, I believe that the Shat will plunge the trowel of destiny into Satan's black heart and then just 
clean things up generally. Spray the planet with WD CO2 off or something patent pending. And then Marilyn Manson, his or herself, will tune all the harps back up, whatever. Whatever needs doing is what I'm saying. Things of that nature. To me, this is just as credible as most faith-based belief systems. But you are, of course, entitled to believe anything you want and you'll get no hate from me. I've been praying to the chat, and he, for years now, and he answers my prayers just as often as Thor or Poseidon did. Coincidence? I think not. In terms of confidently planning future product for the Australian market, I have to say to Mr. Weber, are you smoking crack, dude? Like, product planning in Australia is essentially where the factory overseas rings up one day on Zoom or something and says, you will sell this new car starting from this date. Just go out and make it happen. And while we're clearing the air on all of this, let us not forget that one of the Federal Chamber's most significant achievements of the past three decades has been to delay the ongoing adoption of stricter exhaust emission standards, yes, compared with the rest of the developed world. We have lagged years behind all of them, all thanks to the hard work of grubby lobbyists in... <laughs> Bruh. This was done mainly to hump the legs of Holden and Ford historically. And... I think you'd agree. That worked out just so well, long term, ultimately. So what if there was a small cost in terms of thousands of tonnes of additional CO2 and the premature deaths in the population, just a few of them. As long as Ford and Holden got what they wanted, that's the main thing. This is kind of what I mean when I say anti-consumer lobby group. Okay, just to be serious for a sec. Pro tip on all of this, the Euro 6 emissions standard was introduced to the world in September of 2015, if memory serves. And five and a half years later-ish, we still don't require compliance with that here in Australia. So, well done there. It is always delightful to hear from the FCAI. <coughs> I think you'd agree. And to Tony Weber, I would therefore say, well done on this one, dude. I enjoyed it immensely. Tuesday's pri-ministerial leg-humping appeasement press release was a triumph on many varied levels. It delivered much more even than I expected. And this is the challenge in, let's call it loosely, our line of work. You just figure out what the audience wants, what they expect, and then you deliver substantially more than that over and over again. Repeat endlessly, and you'll always have a job tomorrow. So there's that. Dude, please accept, therefore, on behalf of your fine, upstanding organisation, the inaugural February Auto Expert Perpetual Platinum Poopy Award for Poignant Planet Polluting Pryonisterial Populist Appeasement. <laughs> it's the very least my cock and I can offer you. And we both think that's what you deserve, frankly. The least we can do. In truth, though, we both love your work, dude. You are almost as good as me at making Australia less shit. We should actually have some sort of civic ceremony for that. The annual Mal's Awards. 
Malcolm Turnbull shit could even host that. He's at a loose end these days. I'm happy for mine to be silver, frankly, as long as you get gold, Mr. Weber. Looking forward to the next badly written Toyota appeasing FCAI bullshit press release already. How many sleeps until that, I wonder? 